Hello, hello! I am Jesse, and as you probably already know, this is Science Telephone. I've been looking forward to taping this episode for weeks now. We have such an amazing slate of guests today. Coming up on the show, we've got Adam DeMarco, Nima Galamapur, and Sophie Buttle. But first of all, we're going to meet our guest scientist. We're going to learn a little bit about his work before handing it off to our first comedian who will explain it to the next one, and so on and so on. So let's get right into it. I'm thrilled to have him on the show. He's a senior lecturer at the University of Bath and an author of the fantastic book, The Math of Life and Death, or Maths, as it's called outside of North America. Uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Kit Yates. Hey, Jesse, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's great. All the way from uh, all the way from the UK. It's yeah. really exciting. Yeah, great. When I, when I was like working on figuring out how I'm going to introduce you on the show, I kept saying the name of your book as The Bath of Life and Death by accident because it's right before like I'm saying University of Bath, which... That's I, fine. That's fine. It's better. Actually, it's good that you pronounce it Bath because in, in the UK, if you live in Bath, you pronounce it Bath. But because I'm from the north of England, we have Bath and we have Maths. Uh, yeah, so it's good that you're pronouncing it the same way that I do. Okay, it's good, because we didn't hire an interpreter. So you're a mathematical biologist. Sure. So uh, math and biology, they sound like two separate fields to a lot of people, uh, myself included. And at least they were separate classes in school, which may have been the last time a lot of us actually studied these things. So like, how far away are these fields from each other? Yeah, they seem like a long way from each other. And I think that's, you know, when you're in school and if you like science, then you tend to go down one of two routes. You either go down like the physics-y, math-y, nerdy route, or you go down the sort of, I want to be useful and helpful biology sort of route. I would have liked to have done the, the helpful biology route, but I uh, I went into a classroom one day and there was a fish head sitting there and I basically fainted. So I thought I better not do biology too much. I better stick to the nerdy mathsy stuff. And so that's what I that's what I did. And I did maths at university. But then what I found out when I got to university was that maths is just a really good way of describing the world around us, not just you know, physical stuff, but also biology. So I became a mathematical biologist. Your book opens with what I thought was just such a good story about you and your son. Would you be able to share that? Yeah. So um, my son, at the time I was writing, he was uh, he was four. He's now six, but he's still into creepy crawlies and bugs. And uh, he asked me how many snails there are in the garden. And I thought, you know what? I've got absolutely no idea how many snails there are in the garden. But... I do know uh, this technique that you can use to figure it out. Uh, it's called capture recapture. So you go out, you know, if this is, this is the sort of thing you enjoy doing on the weekend, you go out and you, you <laughs> randomly find some snails in your garden and you mark the back of them with a Sharpie or a pen or whatever. And then you put them back into the wild and you let them sort of redistribute themselves. And you go out the next week and you pick out some more snails. And then by calculating the proportion of snails that you capture the second time that have got the cross on the back, you can work out from that second sample what proportion of the total number of snails in the garden that the first proportion, the first capture accounted for. And so you can scale up that number and find out how many snails there are in the garden, roughly. Like it's not an exact science, don't get me wrong. So how many snails are there in your garden? Mm, well, the calculation said there are about 150. Uh, my son killed one of them. So, you know, probably 149 now. In a nutshell, if you had to describe to someone very, very quickly what a mathematical biologist is, what, what would you say? We're interested in all sorts of different biological systems. So that could be anything from the way that birds fly around the place together. We also look at really cool stuff like the way that eggshells get their funky pigment patterns and the way that embryos develop all the way down to at the very other end of the scale, the way that genes make proteins 
and the way that proteins cause function in in, in cells in, in the body. So we're interested in all those processes and we're interested in writing down mathematically, be that a set of equations or some computer code, what what they what what they do and then making predictions in situations where we can't do experiments to to figure out what would happen so some really fundamental important science in there as well as some more fun uh, and beautiful sort of stuff okay so talking about what we're going to be running through the telephone today can you give us a little preview of it uh, in a way that we're going to understand so that when we bring on our comedians that uh, we'll have a little bit of a sense of what's going on yeah so i'm going to talk a little bit about the stuff that we do in developmental biology so that's the way that embryos form we're interested in understanding how a group of cells, which are really important for parts of the the heart and the gut, uh, and in fact the skin pigmentation, we're interested in how this group of cells moves around the embryo and what can happen if something goes wrong with the, the movement of these cells. Uh, and so in particular, we'll probably focus on pigment side of things. What happens if you get a problem with these cells which create pigment? What do the patterns look like on the on the embryos it develops? And how does that uh, turn into a pattern in the in the adult? Cool. So let's get to the telephone now. We're dialing in our first comedian. Hello. Hey, welcome to the pod, Adam. Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Uh, you might know Adam from shows like The Magicians and The Order. I know him from when we used to play D&D together every week, uh, which hopefully we'll get to do again sometime soon. Adam DeMarco, welcome. Thanks for having me. So I'm curious, Adam, what, what was science and math like for you when you were in school? Ironically, science and math were my two best subjects really? in high school. Yeah, I actually, and I actually went to university for a year and I studied life sciences. Okay. But it's so long ago that I have basically retained zero from it. But in another life, you know, maybe I maybe I am Kit. Well, you'll get to flex those muscles today. I don't have those muscles anymore. Okay. But I will still flex them. You can just fl flex whatever's very left. Very weakly. Yeah, I'll flex what's left. <laughs> Kit has written out a short explanation of his work, which you should have by now, right? Yes. Love it. Very easy to understand. Big fan. So, uh, Adam... Uh, what is your scientist name going to be? Uh, Miss, uh, Dr. Mr. Drizzlies. Dr. Mr. Drizzlies? Yes. Uh, it's time to call in our next guest. Um, guest. Did I say guest? I feel like I said, said guest. Gas. I said guest, didn't I? It's time to go in our next guest, uh, Nima Galamapur. Nima, he's just, he does so many things, like I don't even know where to begin to describe it. Uh, he's a comedian, filmmaker, visual artist, and just a really fun guy to be around. Now we're dialing him into the show right now. Hello? Hey, hi, Nima. Welcome. Hey, what's up? Oh, you know, not too much. Just calling you here on the telephone. Nice to chat with you. Yeah, you too. I, I feel like every time I run into you and, and we chat, you're working on some like totally new, cool and different thing. Um, What's the what's the latest? Yeah, I'm just free I'm freelancing. So I just work and I'm at home and that's about it, man. <laughs> Making some art. God, I feel you. What was uh, what was math and science like for you in school? I, I really liked science. I really liked biology. I was like super into the stars and, and, and like biology. But math was not my strong suit. In Iran, it was like, because I was born in Iran and moved here when I was uh, nine, the math level there was harder. So when I moved here, I was like a lot better than most kids. But then soon, because it was so chill, I just slacked and and I like fell behind and got interested in art and theater and performance and stuff. Just like was hot off the top and then plummeted into like really like bad, like I'm so bad at math, like it overwhelms me. Okay, well, maybe you could like confront your fears a bit today. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Might be, might be a little bit of math uh, involved in this. Okay. Okay, so uh, Nima, I'm super excited to introduce you to our scientist. We have um, Dr. Mr. Drizzlies here on the show with us. Hello. Hello, Nima. 
thanks for uh, for joining us. I'm excited to tell you about my my research. Oh yeah, um, I'm very excited about this. I'm I'm glad you're excited. I'm I'm anxious. Oh, don't be. It's very fun, cool stuff. All right. Well, Dr. Mr. Drizzlies, uh, you can begin anytime. You'll have a, about a minute to explain your work, and then uh, Nima, you'll have an opportunity to uh, ask a couple of clarifying questions. Uh, well, I am a mathematical biologist, which means I try to answer biological questions from the way locust swarms migrate to the way epidemics spread. Uh, I try to represent these systems mathematically using computer code or equations. I'm particularly interested in developmental biology. I model a family of cells in the early embryo called neural crest cells. Uh, defects in the migration or proliferation of these cells gives rise to a range of diseases called neurochristopathies. Uh, typically, I will try to model these cells' behaviors using a combination of partial differential equations and agent-based models. Uh, for multi-scale problems in which randomness is important, I might combine discrete stochastic cellular uh, cellular automation models with deterministic continuum macro scale okay. representations to form okay. a spatially coupled hybrid model. Uh, using this sort of modeling, we have been able to explain how zebrafish get their beautiful striped patterns and why tuxedo cats like Tom from Tom and Jerry, uh, which have a mutation in the kit gene, uh, get their striking white belly and black coat. Any questions? <laughs> yeah. Uh, where do I begin? Um, I'll just remind you, Adam, you have uh, one lifeline. So uh, you, oh, right. you can ask a colleague at any point. Uh, just say lifeline and we'll bring in Kit to help you if you get stuck. I get one lifeline for one of Nima's questions. One lifeline for one of Nima's questions. Won't need it. Uh, okay, I have a question. <laughs> this is my research. Yes, uh, can Nima. You, can you repeat that? The whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay, so you deal with uh, learning about bi biology through math, math, right? Correct. Yes. Us um, using, using coded like... Uh, programs and softwares or, or no? Yeah, I kind of, I like to make my own equations. I jazz it up uh, sometimes. Usually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in the early embryo, embryotic cells, okay. uh, which is, I think, the easiest to make up equations about because there's not as much going on there, right? They're tiny little cells. Right. What's, uh, what's the kit gene? What's that? The kit gene. Uh, that's like slang. Uh, it's like genes that are fully decked out, like fully kitted out genes, fully, what's the word? I'm all, I'm all nervous, you know, it's my first podcast uh, talking about this, you know, genes that are fully formed. They kind of have all the different parts you would need in a gene. Uh, lifeline, please. What's a kit gene? Sure. So the, the kit gene is, is responsible for making a protein called kit. And that is uh, associated with the way that these cells survive and the way that they proliferate. And so if you don't, if you have a mutation in this kit gene, then your cells don't reproduce as much as they should do. And you end up not having as many cells as you should do at the end. And therefore you end up having some areas of the skin that are depigmented. So don't have pigment. Can you just paraphrase that for us, Adam? Sorry, D Dr. Mr. Drizzlies? Uh, yeah, so the kit gene, it's responsible for a protein that can or cannot have mutations that may lead to different physical attributes on a species, you know, like uh, a cow's dark... Like mutation, mutations, right? Yes, or a cat's, you know, big white belly in... Do you watch cartoons, Tom and Jerry? Yeah. Okay. I, so you, I, I used you know to. Tom. Yeah, I know Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. 
Another example would be Pepe Le Pew, big white line down the big, the skunk back. I'm just wondering, you mentioned that you uh, combine discrete uh, stochastic cellular automaton models with deterministic continuum macroscale representations. Yeah, I did say that, yeah. Can you just explain a little bit about what that means? Okay, I'm combining these discrete stochastic cell- cellular automaton models with deterministic continuum macroscale representations. Yes. So I'm combining discrete models, which are very hard to see because they're so tiny and small, uh, with these macro scale representations. So I'm combining the, the very big and the very small to kind of find a happy uh, middle ground in my research for these kind of medium sized beings like a cat, like a Tom from a Tom and Jerry. Me- <laughs> medium know. sized beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sick. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's 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 the naturalistic cell uh, crest cells? What is that? Uh, neural crest cells. Oh, ne- neural neural crest cells. Yeah. Uh, so okay, neurological yeah, uh... is like the brain or, or uh, mm-hmm. yeah nervous system. Is it so, cells? Yeah. Neurological is brain, and the neural is body. Uh, so these are the family of cells that uh, that are just more body based. Body based cells. You, know, you got your head based cells and your body based cells. Okay. So I'm focusing more on the body of, of, of these of these cells and, and the beings that they, the medium-sized beings that they compose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you hope to find uh, with your research or what have you found? Well, like I said, if you were paying attention, we were able to explain how zebrafish got their striped patterns right. and like, you know, tux- tuxedo cats get their <laughs> black and white bellies. Uh, I'm mostly interested in medium-sized animals and uh, just kind of their their cool patterns, like leopard cats, cow, like again, cows with weird spots, lizards with uh, that are just weirdly black and white and don't have any color to them. Right. How do you, how do you use math to to uh, sort of decipher why this happens? That is such a great question. I'm actually happy you brought that up. Math can explain everything in the world (laughs) if you get your equations right and if you start small enough right Mm -hmm. the fibonacci sequence we see is a is a is a spiral pattern that's occurring throughout nature right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there can be tiny fibonacci sequences and big ones right and so my equations kind of deal with measuring the distance between cells (laughs) and the neural crest cells and just how different distances can lead to different patterns and colors uh, in medium-sized beings and uh, the bodies. Um, you mentioned that you you make up a lot of equations. Um, would you be able to share maybe one or two of your favorite equations that you've made up? Yeah, absolutely. Y equals mx plus three. <laughs> and then uh, one I just actually came up with this morning and I come up with a lot of these in the shower. This one is b squared equals C squared. Okay. So does that just mean B and C are the same then? Yes. Sometimes B can equal C if B is plus or minus equal to C. Okay. And what might be, what might be, this is my last question, I promise. What might B and C represent in that equation? Um, any number, whether it be imaginary or... Or medium-sized? Or, or yes, it's medium-sized numbers, imaginary numbers, okay. any kind of number. Mm. Wow. I, wow. I think we've got to move on. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mr. Drizzlies. Oh, anytime. Nima, I just need your scientist name from you. Gor, gor, Gorbalom? <laughs> Dr. Gor, Gorbalom? Yeah, Gorbalom. Gor, gor, yeah, sure. 
Okay, sure, that, that works. That works fine. We have one more guest today. She's a writer for This Hour is 22 Minutes and is now a Juno award-winning stand-up comedian. Her name is Sophie Buttle, and she's going to pick up the phone any minute now. Oh, hey. Hey, hello. How's it going? Oh, yeah, you made me wait there a little bit. Always make them wait. Okay, yeah, that's the big dog move, I think. Um <laughs> Uh, how are you doing, Sophie? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing? Oh, good. Thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. I love science. Oh, good. Uh, what did you like? Get into science a lot when you were younger? Are you into it now? Well, Is yes. It a hobby for you. So I am very into marijuana. So the kind of science that I like is a lot of like consciousness-related things. You know, AI, the kind of thing that. Someone that perhaps uh, has dabbled in psychedelics enjoys discussing. Um, I also really loved science class in high school. It's where I met one of my best friends, who's still one of my best friends, Erica. Science was actually, I would say, my favorite class because of the um, outlets that were on the desks. Because I had um, science right after gym, and I have naturally very curly hair. And when you sweat, scientists will know this, when you sweat um, and you have mm. curly hair, it becomes curly again after straightening it. So I used to straighten my hair in science class. I'd plug it in to the outlet. And then this girl, Erica, was like, could I also straighten my hair? And we're still friends. Wow. That uh, Okay. That's amazing. So yeah, I love science. You were okay? There were never any issues there? No. That was actually the safest thing I did probably in that class. I wanted to ask, on your uh, last stand-up album, you, you have a bit about how your boyfriend really likes quantum physics. Yeah. But you kind of like gloss over it. I'm curious, like, have you picked up some like little tidbits of about quantum physics that you want to share with anybody? I do know a little bit about quantum physics. Last night, we were watching a couple videos about quantum foam Ooh. and how even when you're in like a vacuum seal, like even when there should be nothing in it, particles just pop in and out of existence and it looks kind of like foam and they don't know why scientists don't know why so it's like kind of fun to learn about quantum physics as someone that's very scientifically inept because their whole point always is like we don't know either and then I'm like oh me too that's great <laughs> I'm basically a, I'm basically a quantum physicist because they keep reminding me they don't know anything I'm like I don't know anything <laughs> oh my gosh okay well let's let's hop to it we're not doing Doing quantum physics today, but uh, it's still gonna be very fun. Um, I, I want to introduce you to um, our scientist that we have today on the show. Uh, Dr. Gorgorblo is with us. Hi, Dr. Gorgorblo. 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 Yeah, it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Great. Uh, thanks for being with us, Dr. Gorgorblo. Yes, that's my name. Yes, you can now explain your work to Sophie. Uh, and reminder that you can ask for a lifeline one time, and we'll bring in Kit sure, for a second. Sure opinion. thing. All right. So uh, whenever you're ready. Hey, Sophie. Uh, I work in the in the field of mathematic biology. I, I you know, I run a run a different systems of of exploring how uh, math and biology relate to one another, and we I implement systems of uh, like uh, modeling systems and uh, uh, using code and mathematics to figure out why you know uh, things like uh, tuxedo cats uh, get their stripings. Pretty much that. I can get into it a little further if you want. No, that's okay. I'm following so far. Please. Continue. Okay, yeah. We, we look at local migrations of the, the, the gene pools, the kit gene, for example, and... Uh, the what gene? The kit gene. The kit gene. Yeah, the kit gene. Oh, is that named after anybody that we know, or that's just uh, what it's called? Uh, we just call we just call the gene that we focus on uh, looking at its like mutation muta mutations and, and patterns uh, that we can uh, decipher through mathematics. Right. So mutations that's very interesting. Do you work at all with the X Men? Uh, the X Men? Um, no, no. 
That's a, that's a movie, correct? Uh, okay, no problem. Um, yeah, it's all about mutants, so I just figured maybe you would know them, but no worries. Why why are you interested in these mutations? Interested because uh, of chance, because of mathematics itself. I was born and, and uh, had a certain uh, set of uh, discrete stochastic genes in my my body that made me like math oh okay that makes sense so yeah in what ways do math and biology go together well we look at uh we break down the cells and we look into the the pigment uh, the um the neural crest cells within the neural crest cells that the, the Neural means body, and 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 it's the body cells that we're looking at, and they they are. It's we sort of just like look at the local swarms, how the local swarms of the neural crest cells uh, migrate, and uh, uh, tra- oh, how the swarms migrate. Yes, and how it it, it uh, we're trying to predict uh, how how we're evolving, how how cells evolve, and and you're trying to predict how we're multi- evolving. multiply exactly. Yes. And learn about it through through mathematics. Humans are animals. You're predicting how they evolve. Yes, we're predicting how animals evolve. We're, we're looking at it at, at a micro scale right now, looking at medium medium sized uh, animals. But, <laughs> but hopefully, eventually, we'll be able to get into get into uh, bigger animals big, as well. The, the big dogs, yeah, yeah, the big dogs, as, as we call it, <laughs> as we call it in the in oh. the science science uh, mathematics. Uh, That's super cool. Uh, so- sector of our building. Right, of course. So if I may ask, how much change have you seen within your study? That's, a, that's an incredible cr- question. You're an incredible scientist, so. Uh, that's so nice. I don't yeah, like no to call myself that, but uh, <laughs> sorry, what was your question again? How much within your studies have you seen something mutate or change? I imagine it's very slow because of... Yeah, so that's where math is incredible. Uh, it, we could use math as almost like a, a prediction tool to look at how things change in in small forms and in larger scale. Uh, we can put that in. We could boop 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 put that into the software and see see where where that takes us within years down the line. But I've I've seen li- like very little change. Uh, my lifetime is. Has only been so much in the scale of right. And how old are you, uh, Gorgor Below? I don't want to. I, I, I would. That's a personal question. I it's will, true. A man never tells. I could use a lifeline <laughs> for this one. I'd like to use my lifeline. Can I use my lifeline? You can use your lifeline for whatever you want. You're 36. I'm 36. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. I have a quick question, um, Dr. Gorbalo. Make it quick. I feel like we're talking a lot in generalities, and I'm wondering if you could specifically give us an example of how you might use an equation to learn something about uh, a medium-sized animal. So we use different modeling prodigms to, uh, to compare, you know? <laughs> You're doing a lot of modeling, I see. Is that right? Yeah, we're using uh, equations. Okay, so... How do you use math to predict evolution? Is that what you're saying? Or to predict mutation? In what way could math possibly help you with that? Doesn't it just seem like more of a natural thing that happened? Uh, one of the things we're looking at is non-pigment, non-pigmented areas of the skin that we're looking at. <laughs> You, you mentioned some of the anim- some of the medium-sized animals that you're, you're doing work to do with. What are you trying to find out about those medium-sized animals? Why certain animals have coloristics they present, like how zebras got their stripes and how... What's the cat 
in Tom and Jerry? Was it Tom or Jerry? <laughs> you know, that's an example of like a like a tuxedo cat. And so pigment pigment issues are from DNA. So that's genetic pigment issues. Yeah, they're, they're from the down? they're from the cellular models. From the cellular models. Okay, that's that's right. That's right. <laughs> there's there's one other thing you mentioned that I feel like we've we've dropped, and I just want to check in on it because it sounded important to me. Uh, you mentioned you were born with discrete stochastic cells. Uh, what does that mean, and uh, why is it important? These are cells that go under the radar. They're they're not they're not very they're hard to decipher and they're hard to pull. And see. Why are they so hard to see? Are they just small? They're tiny, and they 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 sometimes uh, the, the, they get lost in the in the translation of cells. They're very evasive. They're sneaky. They're the sneaky. They're very cells. evasive. They're they're Got sneaky it. cells. Like, exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, to your terms, to break, you know, to simplify. <laughs> just it. for the simple so, people. Like for the myself. simple mind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime a cell is being sneaky, that's a good <laughs> chance they're they're important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's the quiet ones in the room you got to worry about. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Keep your friends close. Keep your sneaky cells closer. But my question is, are you creating these equations? And remind me again, it's evolution or mutation? You're focusing on mutation, right? Mutations, yes. I'm just trying to figure it out what it is, doctor, that you do <laughs> with respect. <laughs> So you, we're you just create. Looking at the, we're, we're looking at. We're I'm looking at trying. the mutations in, in the in the kits in the kits cells. You're looking at mutations in the kits cells. In the kit cells and seeing how they how they're migrating. How they're migrating. Yes. And that's what a mutation is. Is when a kit cell migrates. <laughs> Let's call it the biological situation. I, I one last question and then, and then we we do have to move on. Which is, can you give us an example of one equation that you've come up with? Yes. Um, I can, but uh, we're still studying. Uh, I'll give you a little teaser, a little sampler. Y equals uh, mx plus three. This is, sorry, sorry, I'm laughing. Um, I, I feel like if we knew more as as much about math as you, we'd get the joke. But I'm okay to recognize that you're just going to find things funny that we can't yeah, understand. Yeah, it's too simple. Yeah, just I'm sorry. Simple. I don't mean to, you know, patronize. No, no, it's okay. We understand. Thank you, Dr. Gorgorblo. This has been. Fantastic. I feel like I know so much more now. Thank you, Doctor. It has been an eter eternal pleasure of mine. <laughs> How you did, Sophie? You got all that? Yeah, I got all that. No problem. Okay, perfect. You're going to now put that together and uh, present it to... Normally, we present it to the Canada Research Council on the show, but um, because kids in the UK, I think we're going to bring it a little bit more global. We're going to pitch it to the National Geographic. I was thinking no Nobel Prize in mathematics. Yeah, you know there's no Nobel Prize in mathematics, right? There's not. I didn't know that. A travesty, in my opinion. There should be. There's a Fields Medal, which gets awarded every four years. That You could do the Fields Medal Committee. The, fi the Fields Medal Committee? Yeah, or you could do the Nobel Prize in mathematics. It just doesn't exist, but that's fine. No, you know what? We're going to do the Fields Medal. We're going to do the... This is going to be the Fields Medal Committee. It's got to be real. It's, it's, it has to be real. Otherwise, what's the point? Do you have a scientist name you want me to introduce you as, Sophie? Françoise, because I'm a woman. Françoise Fabrique, PhD. Françoise Fabrique, PhD. Let's hop right into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the uh, decision committee for the every four-year Fields Medal uh, Award. We've got uh, an esteemed panel here today with us. We have, of course, uh, Dr. Kit Yates. Welcome, Dr. Yates. Hey. We've got Dr. Mr. Drizzlies here. Greetings. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Gorgorblo. Hello. And uh, making the case for why she deserves uh, the Fields Medal, we have uh, Françoise Fabrique, PhD. Thank you. Merci. You may uh, begin your pitch to us uh, anytime. Uh, you'll have about a minute, and then we uh, will turn it over to the committee to ask questions and determine whether or not uh, you deserve the Fields Medal. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Should I get started right away? Absolutely. Whenever you're ready. Hello, gentlemen. Um, only gentlemen, I might note. I'm here today to present my argument for why I should win the Fields Medal Award that is only awarded every four years. Not sure if you, the committee, is aware of that. And that also there's not a Nobel Prize for math, which in my opinion is a true snub. So I'll just go ahead and get right started. So what I do is I create, <laughs> I wrote down biological situation. <laughs> So what I do is I monitor Kit cells migration and I create equations to predict where they will be migrating to. Um, I work mostly with medium-sized animals, although I am hoping to move up to larger animals. Um, I, I, I began my work um, just trying to... <laughs> trying to find similarities between math maths as well as uh, biology. I work a lot with modeling systems. I do some modeling on the side. I uh, work a lot with tuxedo cats because of their pigmentation situation. And that surely is about a minute. No, but I'll keep going because I really would like to win the Fields Medal. You just, excuse me, I was speaking. Oh, dropped my pen, still got the lid though. So additionally, um, cellular models. <laughs> And um, I secrete dystastic cells. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, I will turn it over to the oh, panel for perfect. questions. Yes. Uh, yes, um, Mr. Frizzle. Dr. Mr. Drizzlies. Um, oh, excuse me. You said at the end there that you also create dietastic, dietastic cells? No, I secrete dystastic <laughs> cells. It's <laughs> And it's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> they call me Mrs. They call me Mrs. Fantastic because I secrete bombastic. <laughs> <laughs> no further questions. Anybody else? Or Dr. I think I was. Yeah. Hi, yeah, Doctor. Yeah. I just feel that I was quite clear, so not quite sure what uh, question you could possibly have. <laughs> I was I was wondering uh, what does a D DSDC stand for? DSDC. Yeah. Discrete spastic. Uh, DC, like um, the DC Cinematic Universe. Next question. Thank you. Anybody, sir? Why do you care about where these cells migrate to? It's just very important to know where they could migrate to um, in order to prevent monsters. Mm. Can you elaborate on that? Um, no, but thank you. <laughs> Any other questions? I, I, I don't want to leave the cell migrations yet. I feel like there's some earth right. here still to uncover. I think there's I, also, I'm sure you appreciate it. I think there's a lot important. about the cell migrations. I actually agree. Thank okay. you. Yeah, so where do they migrate from? Where do they migrate to? And what about the monsters? Right, so cells migrate all the time. A lot of the times it's not a big deal, but we <laughs> want to know when it is a big deal. You understand? Because if they migrate too much, the cells from which whatever the cells are making up, whatever kind of small animal could turn into a monster if it migrates too much. So we want migration in the same way that democratic presidents want migration. You know, we want legal migration above water, still kind of Republican-y, but we, we're more okay with it than some more conservative governments. Uh, yeah, so... 
Is that why you choose to work with medium-sized animals? Because if they do become monsters, you could more easily... It's easier to handle, absolutely. Because if a large monster, of course, you've seen the films, it's very can be very destructive to infrastructure. <laughs> but a smaller monster is simply spooky. Hmm. And, and you create, you think you said you create biological situations. How do you create these biological situations? And maybe you could give us an example of a biological situation you've created. Absolutely. A biological situation is, um, well, first I have to go into what a situation is. So a situation is when something is going on that you hate. And in biology, biology is the study of things. So to answer your question with another question, what is biology? Mm, deep. Oh. Very deep. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Can you can you tell us a little bit about how math plays into biological situations? Absolutely. So we use math to create equations to predict migrations. And what was your question again? Just like how it plays into it. Maybe you can give us some examples of equations or what you found out through math about, about this situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give us an example an of equation, an equation. Right. So I actually um, have an equation with me. <laughs> Excuse me, just one moment. I wonder if it's the same one I have with me. Um, yeah, why? Yeah, I have an equation actually here with me. It's y okay. equals mx plus 3. Can you describe that in terms of a biological situation and a medium-sized animal? Right, absolutely. The y is the situation, and okay. the m is for medium-sized animal, m. X is, of course, just however many times this animal has gone to the bathroom in the house. Plus three is just plus the number three. It's my favorite number. Okay. So what can we learn from an equation like that? Right. So the reason we created this equation is to, you know, find out if an animal is eligible for our projects or not. I mean, you mentioned you were interested in modeling. How is mathematical modeling different from, you know, catalog modeling? It's actually very much the same. You have to have a palatable face. And then basically whatever it is you put out, people will uh, give you a little bit of money. What happens to um, a medium-sized animal? Let's, let's say you use the, that equation, y equals mx plus 3. You determine that the animal's eligible. They're the right size. They've urinated in the house the correct number of times. And you go, okay, we're going we're gonna to fold them into the study. We're going to see what happens. Can you like run us through that process, like what the sort of first days of research look like and how it progresses, uh, assuming everything goes well? Right, totally. So we bring the animal into our science labs. And we give it a tour because we want it to know where the bathrooms are so that, you know, we don't have any situations. Uh, we introduce it to the other medium-sized animals to make sure there are no, you know, personalities clashing. We find out what all of their astrological signs are to make sure they're compatible as well as their um, Myers-Briggs, like INFJ, ENFP. We find out what those are. We do quite a few personality tests for integrating the medium-sized animal into the group of medium-sized animals that we're already working with. Additionally, if the animal has any kind of pigmentation issue, that's really good for us um, because of some of our other equations that I can't get into right now. They're top secret. Could 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 you tell us a little bit about these, um, I think you mentioned tuxedo cats. What are they and why, why are you interested in studying them? Yeah, they're just fancy little guys. And it's just better to work with animals that are professional, you know, because we've worked with a lot of cats that are more like sweatpants cats. <laughs> and they just, they're late all the time. <laughs> They have a lot of, they're always hungry, they're snackish, whereas tuxedo cats, they're happy with an appetizer of any kind. And 
little, you know, a little bit of bubbly, a little <laughs> glass of champagne, and then they're good for the day. So any other questions? Yeah. So if, uh, well, I think we're, we're kind of winding up here. I'm just going to have to throw a fun one out there. Uh, if, yeah, if, if, yeah. If, yeah, if there have was fun with it <laughs> yourself, if there was a medium sized animal that represented you, uh, which what would it be and why? <laughs> that is a really fun question. Um, thank you, Miss Frizzle, yet again for just a good doctor, Mr. Sure, 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 um, sure, Drizzles. So I think I would be a raccoon because they have funny little fingers and they love to just go through garbage. <laughs> um, and also, you know, sometimes they're a little bit roly-poly. They've got some rolls on their tummy, but they're still cute. Okay, qu- quickly, let's go around. I just want to hear everyone's thoughts on um, whether we should award Francois Fabrique PhD the Fields Medal. Any thoughts, any concerns uh, before we make this decision? Um, first, over to you. Uh, yeah, we'd love to address any kind of concerns. Yeah, well, I just love to alleviate them. Yeah, Dr. Yates, any concerns? No, I would I would commend two Fields Medals for this work, I think. Thank Very you. Strong. That's that's the wow. equivalent of eight years of work in my field. <laughs> uh, Dr. Mr. Drizzlies, what do you think? Uh, yeah, no further questions. Um, I, I've actually been a fan for a while, so uh, it's just an honor to be on this <laughs> panel and, uh, and and get to... Thank you, Grizzly. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Gorgorblo, um, any... any concerns thoughts words have been already said that i agree with i, I might be i'm a little concerned that I, th- I think we might have glossed over it but at the end I, I feel like you did say you're feeding um alcohol to cats is that just a bit of bubbly just a bit okay. of bubbly well, there, surely there can't be anything wrong with that in the scientific community it's like you know you test on animals you got to get them a little tipsy right. after it's only the nice thing to do okay well i i think in that case it's it seems like it's unanimous um that uh the recipient of both the 2021 and 2025 Fields Medals uh, will be Francoise Fabrique, PhD. Uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. I froze, but did I win? Yes, yes. You won. You can, um, yeah, you, I can, did. you can pick up your medals um, uh, behind the, a medal. the back do alley. I, do I get a tiara? Is it like Miss America? I'm going to defer to, I'm going to ask, a, I'm gonna do a lifeline for that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is it, you can what, what is you get a medal and a tiara and, um, and the crown as well. Oh my, I'm going to get into maths. <laughs> well done, Sophie. That was excellent. Good job. Uh, great work, everybody. I want to sort of now redirect things a little bit and talk about like what, what actually happened and try and find a little bit more out about what, what's actually going on. Because obviously things went a little out of hand. I could not be more curious. I could not. I Kit, sure. Kit not no, sure I what it is to do. <laughs> not much came through. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's try and get this to the point where at the end at the end of this little segment, so- Sophia, I want I want to hear you be able to very briefly explain what Kit does in a, in a way where you fully understand it. So Kit, what happened here? What 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 do you actually do and what went wrong? What stayed? What I think some interesting stuff came through. The the medium sized animal thing wasn't something that was in my. Original original description <laughs> but interestingly the reason why we build these <laughs> multi-scale models is because they're really computationally intensive so it takes a long time to simulate on the computer so basically if we're modeling the way that um, cells migrate over an embryo these pigment cells that we're interested in then we might break the embryo down into a grid and we might put cells on top of that grid and give them rules about how they move around so they can jump to a neighboring grid site or they can create a daughter cell and put that on a neighboring grid site. And they try to migrate from one end of the embryo to the other and fully pigment it. So make sure that there's pigment cells everywhere across the embryo. 
as that's what happens in in a normal uh, mouse which doesn't have any mutations. So we build these these computational models. They are discrete and stochastic. So that means discrete means just individual agents, and stochastic means random. So there's noise and randomness in the way they move around, and uh, and we watch to see how they migrate to get to the end of the embryo, and make sure that all the cells are dropped off in the right place, so that the animal has pigmentation all the way along. But we can only do that for animals the size of of a mouse. A medium-sized animal, <laughs> um, but we, we are genuinely interested in looking at what happens in pigmentation in animals like cows, uh, as as Adam sort of uh, came up with his, in his description. And for that, we need to build these hybrid models where we have a cheaper, uh, less computation-intensive model, which we couple to this more computation-intensive, discrete, stochastic cell-based model on the grid so yeah that that's sort of what what was what i was in the original description actually some of it made it through a few stages so that was pretty impressive yeah i think a lot of those keywords made it through it's just the way that they were yeah. strung together was more randomized it's on shuffle <laughs> well, yeah i don't think i heard i don't right, think i heard right. the word embryo so yeah it's developmental until now Right. I didn't realize developmental it was biology yeah. yeah exactly so and the, and the reason we're interested in these pigment cells is Partly because they give these interesting patterns, like tuxedo cats. It's called piebaldism, right? The the disease. It's not a particularly serious disease. It's called piebaldism. You get it in horses. If it's in cats, then you get this tuxedo cats. You get it in mice. You get it in humans as well. And so um, it's interesting as well that you mentioned uh, X Men. X Men came up, right? You you asked about X Men, but actually one of one of the X Men, Rogue, she has this white yeah. forelock of hair, right? That's characteristic of a kit mutant. Yeah. So if you see someone who has a white fore patch of hair, often a white belly spot. That's a kit mutant. Wow. Okay. Because I got shut down pretty hard when I brought up <laughs> X-Men and I had a feeling it was going to come back. I had to call it women's intuition. I knew X-Men was was going to work. Right. So they, I mean, they are, they're all mutants, right? They have mutants who's given them special powers. I don't actually know what Rogue's special power is, but she also has the mutation in this kit gene, which means that she has this white forelock of, of hair. And then, and the word. Right. She steals other mutants' powers through right. touch. Yeah. Isn't it feel like you, you touch her, you die or something? Yeah. If you touch her, you die. And I just, the reason <laughs> X-Men is fresh in my mind is because I watched X-Men last night and she, I, in the second movie, she has a really hard time because she's a teenager and she really wants to make out with her boyfriend. Oh, no. But if she touches somebody's skin, they they die. So um, he's like still trying to convince her to do it because he's a teenage boy. He's <laughs> like, I, 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 you won't hurt me. That's what he keeps saying. And then they kiss and he, he does get hurt. <laughs> oh, uh, That's not what happens in the real Kit Mutants. I just want to just preface it's not that serious. <laughs> but, um, but they do have this pigmentation defect. So... Uh. Yeah. Okay, cool. So so are the reason are you interested in cows is because of their weird pattern? Because obviously they're a very pigment <laughs> visual like it's obvious that they have Yeah. Like yeah, they have pigmentation visual. issues. Yeah, I guess. they have like you <laughs> Yeah, you get they they have really interesting pigment patterns. I like I think there's some commercial value in it. I think farmers go through, like I've seen these catalogs of, of cows that farmers go through and they're like, oh, I like that cow, I like that cow, I like that cow. And they'll choose a cow to like inseminate their, their or a bull to inseminate their female cow based on that. And so I think there's some money in understanding the pigment, you know, cells, not money that I'll ever see. But um, but m more generally, I think it was in the original, it was in the original <laughs> blurb, but there's, there's a whole family of cells called neural crest cells. And they contribute to parts of the heart and the, the gut and the eye. And if you can understand the way that these cells migrate, 
then you can understand what goes wrong when you get a problem uh, with the with the migration in these other families of cells and we can do that by looking at pigment cells and the reason we do pigment cells is because they're easy to see without doing any invasive experiments right. what's gone wrong and then we can try and transfer that knowledge to to um, more serious diseases uh, like other cells yeah yeah other types mm, of cells cool yeah i have to i have to ask you this kit uh can you tell us what the equation y equals mx plus three means? <laughs> yeah, that was good. I like that. Um, y equals mx plus three. It's the equation for a straight line, which has gradient or slope m and uh, y intercept. So intercept with the vertical axis at point three. So it's an equation that you come across at school and it describes a straight line. Don't tend to use it so much in, in my day-to-day -day work, but it's a solid equation. Like it's a good choice. Thank you. I invented it. Yeah, no, I'm impressed with that one. It was good. Really good. Cool. Thank you. So, but it could describe a <laughs> biological situation. I mean... If you want, great. Yeah. I mean, it could describe uh, a biological situation, which is describing the way that two <laughs> variables are correlated with each other in some way. I, like Absolutely the equations right. that we use are a little bit, a little bit more complicated. Like we use something called the the diffusion equation, okay. which describes the way that you you, know, you put a blob of ink in water and you and it spreads slowly, slowly out, and that that can be described by the diffusion equation. Very cool. Do, do you guys feel like you kind of have a better handle on on what's going on? A better. So we should maybe yeah. cover Kit and Kit because I didn't, yes. I yes, didn't of invent the, the gene, right? The, the medium-sized elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, I mentioned this gene called Kit, which was a little bit naughty of me. It is, you know, it is what we work on. And it's nice for me because I can pretend that I discovered this gene, uh, which, you know, I'm not a biologist, <laughs> so I didn't actually discover any genes. But people always say, oh, it's called Kit. So it must have been him that discovered it and named it after himself. No, it's completely not. But if you have a mutation in this, in this gene called Kit, then... <laughs> Uh, then your cells don't migrate properly. And that's when you get these piebald, uh, what we call phenotypes, these piebald pigment patterns where you lack pigment in some area of the body. So yeah, I'd love to pretend that I'd invented and discovered a gene and been arrogant enough to name it after myself. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Okay, that makes, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Okay, I have actually one more question. Was I way off asking about albino stuff or do you look at albino stuff as well? No, you, you weren't far off. Uh, albinism is a, is, a, is, a different, is a different type of pigment defect. It's where you... Get no migration. Right, you don't have these um, pigment-producing cells uh, at all. So, you, you know, you don't have any, any of the pigment-producing cells. So they don't migrate at all. But, um, but yeah, so we're, we're studying a slightly different pigment defect, but albinism and, and another one, vitiligo, that you might have heard of, they're also important. Uh, pigment defects that that we can look at in this sort of okay, framework. Cool, no reason. <laughs> Fabrique Fabric two, Gorgorblo zero. <laughs> <laughs> I think you deserve those field medals, both of them. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, I think I think it's about time to wrap that up. Like, thanks everybody. This was so much fun. I, le I learned a ton. I feel like I understand this a lot better, and I also understand a lot of things that are not at all correct a lot better too, uh, separately and entertainingly. <laughs> First off, uh, Adam, uh, where can people find you online? Anything uh, you want to plug right now? Uh, yeah, you can just like follow me on social media, whichever one you use. Just Adam Demarco is my username. Yeah. Uh, and and watch you on Twitch. Oh which yes, is delightful. Right. Watch me on Twitch. <laughs> Uh, I've got a, a, an art Instagram. I just post art there. So, uh, at Nima Golamipur on Instagram. And, uh, uh, I co-wrote and co-directed an episode of The Slowest Show, which is on CBC Gem. It's an, it's an ambient television, but it's funny. Uh, we, uh, yeah, check it out on CBC Gem. Yes, it's great. And like t a ton of local talent involved yeah, in that yeah. too, which is so it's, cool. It's, yeah. 
Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Sophbuds, Sophie Buttle. Um, and I have a podcast too called Obsessed, where we talk about stuff that we're obsessed with. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm I've got the worst username ever. I'm Kit underscore Yates underscore Maths with an S on the end. So apologies for everyone in North America. Um, I'm I've got a website called www.kityates.com, and I also have a book which in North America, thankfully, is called The Math of Life and Death, which is about the places where maths can have an impact on your everyday life, perhaps without even knowing it, and giving you a few tips and tri- tricks to help you navigate the world using mathematics. Yeah, so, yeah. and it's a very cool book. And I mean, I think one of, the, one of the first chapters in there is all about exponential growth, which is something that I think we've all heard a lot about over the past year. So um, check that book out. Uh, it's super interesting, and there's a ton of really cool stories. And it's very accessible, right? There's like no equations. There's a couple of graphs, and that's it. Yeah, no equations at all. And there's a chapter on uh, pandemics and epidemics right at the end, so it's totally topical. Um, okay, thank you all so much. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this call, and uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for having Bye. me. <laughs> Science Telephone is produced by Jesse Lupini and Lucas Cavanaugh. We're edited by Kobe Michaels. Our designer is Kelsey Hemphill, and our intro is performed by Franz Paris. That's me. To learn more about the show, this episode, Scientists, or the comedians you just heard, visit us on the internet at sciencetelephone.com or on Twitter at SciTelShow. S-C-I-T-E-L Show. End of call.